Welcome back to 10 Tons Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Brown. Sitting across from me is my co-host, Adam Nilsson, and we are in the Kanga Motorsports studio, and we are checking levels. Oh, levels, levels, levels. Doing that? Levels, levels, levels? No, I'm just saying that they're good. Is that what we're doing No, now? they're fine. Slipping hasn't done that in a while. Are we going to start doing that now? No, because my levels are good. Oh, well. That's because nothing ever changes. Exactly. So the levels shouldn't change. They don't change. We don't change. The levels don't change. We change a lot. I haven't changed. I'm no, the same guy. we change all the time, Rob. No, constantly the same. No. I mean, we kind of are. You never really change, but also you change a lot. Yes. You want to know how much you change? Record no. a podcast for six or seven years in a row and then have some someone go back and listen to it. Remember when you said this? No. And I now don't. you say that? Yeah. Well, if you'd have done the same thing, you'd be doing that too. Yeah. Try having everything recorded. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Eman hasn't done that in a while. Bob, my old coworker, yep. did that shit to me last week. What was the context? I have no idea. Oh. He didn't specifically stay, say, but he said he uh, he couldn't remember where he was, so he just started over. <laughs> okay. Which is a huge undertaking. <laughs> That's 311, but 12 episodes He's now. an over-the-road trucker, and I think he's a solo operator, so he's got time. There, there is that. But uh, he told me that he was listening to some one of the first shows, and it's amazing how much has changed since then. Yeah. When we first started, it was like car shows and autocrosses, and now yep. it's grid lifes and uh-huh. big events. Uh-huh. Actually driving on track for me, uh-huh. which is still crazy well, how, and how, when, how much has changed and when in we, that respect. When we, first, when we very first started, I didn't have a kid. Yes. Now I have two. I have a house. You were kind of single? Not when we first started. That like. Oh no, because you were with she, the last girlfriend she, when we first started. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't care what you talk about. It. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, whatever. We have before. <laughs> yeah. Because like the podcast started and then like we broke up like the next week or. Whatever. Yeah, it wasn't very long. Yeah, it was, like it was like maybe two weeks. Yeah, it was. Yeah. That relationship had ran its course. Yeah. And the podcast came in and, and saved the day. Well, that's fair. But then now you're married. Yep. I've got two kids. To someone else. I'm, I'm, my right. Yeah. <laughs> that relationship was over, and now we're married. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Far too many people didn't laugh at that joke because they felt it deep down in their soul. Because it cut them deep. Because it's too close to home for them. <laughs> anyway. It, it happens, man. Uh, <laughs> with the exception of the Omni... And the S10, neither one of us owned the same cars we had when we started. Did you, that's not true. I owned the Focus. But I didn't own it, but you didn't own it then. No, but technically you're I mean, family yeah, sure, did. fine. Sure, fine. But, like, all that's changed. Yep. Yeah, all of it. All kinds of stuff has changed. I've had multiple. And yeah. then we, as people, have... Nah, same guys. We've grown, Robbie. We've that, matured. That is fair. We've improved. I'd like to think that anyway. I, I yeah. Maybe maybe improves the strong word, but <laughs> I've gotten better at po- well, maybe not better at podcasting. I just got more comfortable at it. I don't know that you're ever good at it. No. No. So you either make a hundred million dollars a year doing it or you you make nothing. It's fine. Yeah, pretty much. So anyway. There's that. Yeah. Free podcast for all our friends. Yeah, absolutely. I've got a flip phone now. I'm, I'm legitimately jealous. I'm kind of I'm kind of digging the flip phone life. The last time I was at AT and T because I needed a phone because mine was dead dead. Yeah, 
and I was actually looking at the flip phones, hoping that they had been updated enough that I could get small, like some apps on them. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you can. No, this one has the email capability, and that's it. Like, if I if I could have the capability of like the old, um, like the original Blackberries. Yeah, if I, like it could do that much, like some internet and like messaging apps. So this, I'd be fine with that. This has an internet browser. This says four G. Yeah, it's got an internet browser. It's got an email capability. Can I put Facebook Messenger on there? It's got a real potato of a camera. That's the problem. I do like the nice camera on mine. It's a real potato of a camera. Uh, I don't. I don't know if you can put Messenger on here. Shoot. Probably not. I'd be okay with having a less accessible phone. Honestly, like if it could just do like. I mean, I don't. Instagram and Facebook are like the only things I have on it and besides messaging apps. I kind of. I can't bring myself to delete them, but there's a lot of times where I catch myself like, man, I really don't need to spend this much time on these apps. There's definitely that. Well, that, well the weird I thing like is, quit putting games on my phone. I, mean, I, I was never into games, and I can't read um, books yeah. on, an, on, on a tablet or a phone. So I think that's kind of what's really helping on my screen time, because if, if I could read books on it, then I'd be doing that too. But, right. But yeah, I have to have a paper, paper copy. I quit putting games on my phone. Your battery life has shown to to ba- balance that, or back that up. Yes. No, my battery life is because <laughs> it's plugged into my truck all the time when I'm driving places, and I drive a fuckload. You, uh, and I have a high have, speed charger on my in my truck. Is yours the wireless? You just set it on, or do you no, have that plugged in? I don't have that fancy of a truck. I don't have the oh. options for that. You got to get higher option spec vehicles than that. My work truck only has one like real option on it, and that's the power tailgate. Oh, and the tailgate had to come off to fit my topper, <laughs> so I don't get I don't get to use it. You at least have defeated seats. No, it's cloth, not oh, heated seats. Damn. So you have cruise control. And, I do have and Apple CarPlay. Yes, but I think that's all standard equipment now. Yeah. Power windows, manual seats. I almost I don't have uh like automatic climate control, it's just knobs. That's okay though. I don't hate it. No, but, that's fine. But like that's that's how base model my truck is. Okay. I've been making the focus nicer. Yeah. yeah. How was your heated seat that I bought you? It's legitimately nice. Is it? Yes. Does it work really well? We'll do this pass fail. Okay. It, it, I mean it was a real cheap eBay purchase, so it, yeah. For what it is, it works great. Okay. <laughs> Would I say that it's the best heated seat I've ever oh, had? Oh, gosh, no. Absolutely I wouldn't expect not. that. Is it butt and back or? Yes. Yeah. But you, I can't really feel it through like a coat. Oh, okay. So it like like a, a proper heated Rob, seat. Rob, you don't have to drive in a coat. I, I, you walked into the house in a t-shirt tonight. That's because I changed into this t-shirt. <laughs> I was wearing a sweatshirt before I okay. got out of, but I changed into this t-shirt and then walked in the house. Okay. But so. the, but the the butt part of the heated seat does function well, and I can feel it through my pants. Well, there you go. So it's nice on the way to work. Yeah. Uh, usually not on the way home because I, I get out of the gym and then I don't. Right. Because I'm, I'm sweaty. Right. Uh, but I, I I fixed the climate control knobs, so they all. Yeah, work. you told me that. That's crazy. Pretty pumped about that. I don't. I mean, just that was a whole ordeal. I thought, but it I, turned out to be easier than we thought it did. Apparently, I thought the blend door, not or the controller 
was part of like the actual vent. Yeah. And it wasn't. It was actually just a piece that you could screw in. And so after getting my head under the dash and looking deeper into it, I'm like, oh, this comes out. That's only $30. Okay, I'll get that. Well, then, if memory serves me correctly, it was possible that it could fail on either end of the linkage. It failed on both for me. So the 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 cable that control from the from, from the, the knob, knob to the controller, yeah, that was broken. Uh-huh. And where the 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 knob met with the controller inside the blend door, that was broken. So I replaced both. Okay. Now it works. So that all the blend doors on that particular car are cable driven? Yes. They didn't do the dumb thing that GM liked to do where they were vacuum driven? Yeah, that'd be even worse. GM did that a lot. Yep. My S10 uh, was all that. And when it got into boost, since the vehicle was not designed to have boost, it would just open all of the doors <laughs> in the, uh, everywhere and just blow air all the places. That would just make it all more exciting. Well, so... The higher the RPM, the more... <laughs> which wasn't that big a deal because when you're... You know, banging through gears, getting up to speed, it's who cares? Yep. And once you're cruising down the interstate, most of the time, it wasn't a big deal. But that was a five speed with like the steepest uh, final drive gear that they made, which I think was a 410 in that truck, I think. Yes, of course. And uh, so, like, if I was doing 75 into even like a what in Iowa we would consider a relatively mild headwind. It would sit at like two PSI. Okay. <laughs> and so it didn't really matter what I did with the with the <laughs> vent system because it was going to blow up everywhere. <laughs> Which is fine in the winter because then it kept my feet and my yeah kept my windshield and yeah. like it's fine whatever. But in the summer it was kind of annoying. Yeah. Plus, plus then hotter. you get yeah. Plus then you're yeah. You got to focus on your eyeballs. Yeah. So yeah. And I ordered shocks for the Focus, oh, just, just the rears, because the fronts are so good. Okay. And because it's a shitbox, I'm not going to replace everything. I mean, you're nearly there at this point. If it keeps doing well for me, <laughs> it's getting air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> that is the only thing that's yeah. actually broken on it right now. Yeah. I think I've made the decision, since we're talking about shitboxes now. Yeah, it's a shitbox podcast. <clears throat> I think I've made the decision that I'm actually just going to... F- so I was going to sell the Odyssey. Oh, you still have it. So I was going to sell it to Ryan Seiler. Yes. Uh, for a real steal of a deal. Yep, because he was going to fix it and sell it, right? Because he was going to fix it and sell it. Uh, but then it snowed a whole fuckload, and uh, the van literally became one with a snowbank. How far up the driveway was that? The So it started uh, – so my van is pushed just past my front door. Yes, where the focus was. Where the no, it's not quite as far back as the focus was actually. Okay, it's closer to the end of my driveway than the focus was. Oh, uh, but so it, it's like literally just two or three foot past my step. Yep, my front step, and basically from the B pillar, the 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 snowdrift started at the B pillar, but it was basically a straight up and down wall. Yep. Because I had my uh, trash can there, and when I pulled the trash can out, then it just became because I had to scoop the trash can out, right? So and so it was basically from that B pillar all the way to my garage, which is like fucking eighty feet. Yeah, so it's not short. It was four to six foot deep. 
Oh, shit. All the way back. Yeah, your driveway does a really good job of catching all it's the snow. It's the worst. First it catches all the leaves, then it catches all the snow. Yep. Yep. But then you can make igloos for your child. We did sled down it. Damn, that's... Like, did you go all the way on your roof? <clears throat> the problem was, uh, if I went to the roof, I could sl- I could easily have sled it off the roof and yep. onto the snowbank. Yep. But then I either needed to make a hard 90 and head towards the garage... Or oh. I was going to be sledding right into the side of my neighbor's camper because my neighbor's camper is parked parallel to my driveway. Yep. And it's right behind the van. Oh, and man. I didn't want to sled off the roof onto the van. Probably a good idea. Because there was a straight drop off on the <laughs> other side and that would really hurt. But if I, if I just came right off the back behind the van, if I came right off the roof onto the snow pile, it was only. You know, my driveway is only like a car, maybe a car and a half wide. Right. And then it's right into their camper. I forgot about their camper. And so I would have had to like make a 90 degree turn and that wasn't going to work very well. So basically we started uh, right where the third brake light of the van was and just pushed off the <laughs> roof of the van and we'd slid down towards the garage. And the, by the time I got to the garage, the the snowbank was only maybe like a foot or two deep. Okay. Well, that's fun. Yeah. Sliding down the cars are, is yeah. always fun. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but now the snow's all gone. Yep. Uh, well, until tonight. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, now there's two inches of snow in my fucking driveway because... Don't worry, it'll blow into two feet of snow here, it, man. I don't think it will blow because it's not. so heavy. It's mostly water. Like, it's mostly... Dumb, yeah. That's snow. Well, <laughs> there is that. But it's, it's, very, it's a very wet and heavy snow. Yep. But anyway... Uh, because it got snowed in, Ryan wasn't really able to get it out of my driveway. Mm-hmm. And now winter is over and it's still in my driveway. So and does that mean he has plans really, to come get it? No, I haven't talked to him about this at all. Okay. But originally the reason I was selling it to Ryan was because it had already gotten cold and I don't have any place to fix it inside and I didn't want it in my driveway all winter. But now that ship has sailed. Right. So now I think I might just fix it myself. Yeah. And then – because – you can buy a control arm with a lower ball joint already installed for like $80. Yeah. And then the only th- other thing I definitely need is a wheel. Yep. And then maybe a few other incidentals. Yeah, I think it'd be fine. And then my I will either make the decision, will I keep it and sell the Blazer? Ooh. Because it gets a solid 10 to 12 miles to the gallon more than the Blazer. Yeah, at least. So I could use that to go to races and sleep in the van. Not a bad idea. Yeah. Not a bad so idea I might at all. Keep, I might keep the Odyssey and sell the Blazer. Okay. I've been thinking about this. My dad was my dad suggested this when it broke, yep. and I instantly shut him down on it. And then he thought about but it for a while. the more I've thought about it, the more I'm starting to think that maybe that's not such a bad idea. It's really not a bad idea at all. That's not the stow and go seating, right? It's just the you just take them out. Uh, the the back seat, the third row, will fold flat. The middle row, I think, I don't think is removable or will fold flat. But you can slide it forward, and I'm not that big a guy. No, I could easily fit like a twin mattress. I think back I could fit a twin in there, no problem. Yeah. I mean, if you try it hard enough, those seats will come out. Yeah, fine, but they're not. I don't not, think they, they're, they're not quick cool. removable. Yeah. I don't think. 
Yeah. Or maybe they are. I don't know because I never tried because they always had kid seats in them. Right. But no, I, I think you, you know you basically turn it into a like a um, like a transit van basically. Yeah. And then just put all your camping gear and shit in the back, and off to grid life you go. I could sleep in it. I like it. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm. Slap some stickers on the side. Potentially leaning towards. We'll paint it blue or green. Yeah, green. No, we're not going to. Fine, we'll paint it orange. We can match Dalton's bass boat. I kind of want a bass boat flake it now. <laughs> I'm all in on this. I, here's the thing: we could like, wrap it for like $150. Part of me wants to like do dumb things with it, and part of me is like, this thing's a fucking 250 mile, thousand mile pile of shit. So I really shouldn't spend money on it. That's where I'm at with the focus too, but I keep making but it like, better. We talked about all the dumb things I can buy on eBay for shockingly cheap. Yes, for that van. It, seem, like, it seems silly not to now. Cut the exhaust off and put a fart can on it and shit like that. Like I go full it. Honda boy on it. I love it. How much are lower your springs? Not not very much, right? I will, can't imagine they're expensive. No. You should totally lower it. I kind of really want to do that. You should it'd be hilarious? I love it. I'm all in on this. I will help you. It's not the worst idea I've ever had. No. It's not the best idea, but it's not the worst one. No, no, it's good. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. The only problem is then you like it's gonna look really weird when I drive the truck and trailer by myself to events and then well, you're I following figure, me in the I van. I figure at some point I'll probably still go to <laughs> events without you. Yeah, probably. And so then I'll take the van. Or maybe you won't because that's all I'm doing. But I'm still gonna go I'm still gonna ride with you if I have the op- option. Yep. Just as planning on going to uh, every event, right? And then my wife and kids want to come with. Yeah, I mean, I suppose we could. Then when they do come with, I can just take the Pacifica, which makes sense. But yeah, now we'll be fine. I don't know. These are the thoughts. We have time to figure it out. What I really should do is just fix and sell the Odyssey and the Blazer, and then fix and drive the S10 because that's the one I want. I'm all for fixing and driving the S10. I was at my. It's not. It's not great for camping. No, I don't care about that though. I, I can just tent or. I've got that. Until cot. you get caught in a rainstorm. I've got that cot. And there's always somebody's enclosed trailer I can sleep in. There's that. I will take pity on you if it's. I can somebody. always find somebody's enclosed trailer to sleep in. Yeah. Or a timing tower or whatever. Yeah, there's a, there's always a place. There's always shelter. Right. If We're you, well if you, enough. We have enough buddies. <laughs> If if the weather is shitty enough, there's right. there's shelter. We have enough buddies that there's always somewhere I can go. <laughs> it's whatever. Yeah. But I a couple of weeks ago I was at my parents' house and I drove my dad's little run around uh, regular cab, four cylinder, five speed S ten. Fuck, dude, they're so good. It's literally the perfect daily. It's driver. the best daily. The perfect daily. I forgot how much I love driving that dumb truck. It just puts a smile. Katie and I took it from my parents' house to Dollar General and back, and like we were halfway back, and she looks at me, she goes, Why are you so happy? You're so fucking weird. And I was like, Why? And she's like, You're just so happy driving this thing. I was like, Yes, because it's amazing. I don't, I don't get it. Like, no, you don't. She would, she'd have that same reaction of me driving the Focus. Obviously, totally different mentality because it. I'm driving it because I'm having a great time because it's so terrible. Right, right. Well, I mean, the but S10 I've made it less. But the, the S great. But the S10 is the perfect daily. It's the best. So yeah, I would be super pumped. I know. I've already told Jess that when the focus is like done, done. When I yeah. re- when I refuse to put another dollar into it, right? And I can't drive it. 
is for sure. It's for sure turning into a small pickup somehow. Not 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 the Focus itself, but right? But it's yeah, being replaced either, either like a S10 Ranger, maybe a Colorado, because some of the early ones are yep, getting down yep. in there to where they're maybe a Tacoma, reasonable. maybe yeah. a Frontier. Yeah, Tacoma yeah. prices are outrageous though. Outrageous, Fucking stupid. Like I would want like an 05. Yeah, no, they're still like fifteen grand. That's yeah, dumb. It's real dumb. I'm not buying that. Are you no, crazy? It's crazy talk. It's, this is shitbox talk. I don't, yeah. I don't want a, yeah, a $15,000 yeah. shitbox. That's no. not how this works. I mean, I've accepted the fact that, <laughs> that like, even to – that e- now shitbox prices are, like, $5,000 and down, where they used to just be, like, $2,500 and down. Yeah. I've accepted that. I don't like the it. The $15,000 is not shitbox territory. No. Not at all. No. I don't like that it's five thousand dollars now, but I've accepted it. Yep, it's realistically I, just I, what it is. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to accept it. No, like at all. No, neither do I. Because like, because Jess keeps talking about replacing the edge. It's been fucking reliable, so I don't want right. to. And of course, she wants a Jeep because she's crazy, and because she she's a she white lo- girl, and she, yeah, and she loves burning money even more than I do, at least in that respect. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Mostly, she's a white girl. Then she's a white girl, so she has to have a Wrangler. Yes. Well, I think I finally convinced her that the Wrangler is not the way. Okay. And that if, if she's really dead set on this path, at least a Grand Cherokee would be better. Yeah. Um, but of course, Grand Cherokee prices. Yeah. So. It's a terrible idea all around. Yes. And at, at, at trade-in values of the Ford Edge, that turns into the shitbox really fast. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, so it's a fucked up conundrum that I'm in. Yeah. Luckily, we're not actually shopping for cars right now. Yeah. Because now is not the time to buy unless you have to. The Edge has been... An almost annoyingly reliable, mm-hmm. to my knowledge. Yeah, yeah. You've done Me- very mechanic mechanically great. Right. Yeah, you've done very little on it. Yep, mechanically Ma- just just maintenance besides like and even like what you got in that fender bender. Even thing. what like what, what you would consider regular maintenance, you don't have to do that often on that. No, like just, it doesn't seem to be burning through wheel bearings and stuff like that all that much. No, you just do fluids and on it and. And that you yeah, know, I did I did shocks and struts all around. But how, I mean, yeah. I but it had one hundred and thirty thousand yeah, miles. Yeah, so. I mean that's to be expected. Yeah, but like, it's kind of hard to get rid because it doesn't cost you anything. Exactly, it it's paid off. I assume until it lets me down, I really yeah can't get rid of it. I know, <laughs> I get it. So, so are we good with the shitbox talk? I feel, I, like, I feel like I, I had no intention of shitbox talk, and then now that's we what we do here, Robbie. Well, all right, we'll catch everybody next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck it. That was a whole show, right? There. I could talk about shitboxes for hours on end. Are you kidding me? I'm good with that. That's... I'm still mad that Dalton cut the roof off of a diesel, a perfectly good diesel cruise, because that is peak daily driver shitbox. That's not a truck. Yeah, that's a. I mean, that's that's a good car. I could round trip that thing would barely be more than a gallon of gas for me for my 45 mile commute. Yep. Round trip that would barely cost me more than a gallon of gas. Yeah, so Dalton right now is doing Chop Top Challenge yeah. in a diesel cruise which I didn't which realize. Which we'll talk about next week. I didn't realize at the time but that's his first one that he bought brand new. Oh, for real? That was his original diesel cruise cuz oh, no he shit. owned two of them. Yes. That was the first one. Okay. Interesting. I did not realize that. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, this, exci- I'm excited to hear all about his Chop Top Challenge. Yeah. So this weekend I uh, went I went up to the great town of Sheldon the week after the party. <laughs> Just to see the aftermath yeah, after the party. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And uh, Dad and I 
uh, my dad has a buddy who owns a restoration shop in Sheldon. Yep. Um, that does surprisingly well for being middle of nowhere. Yeah, small Iowa. town. Yeah. Uh, he's always got cars, and I think there's a decent waiting list. And he's where's a, this at? It's uh, it's so where we went to Pizza Ranch. Yep. On the east end of town there. Yep. Uh, it's just a little farther up that dead end business oh, cul-de-sac. In that newer, in that newer business New-ish, area. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, been yeah. there for... Yeah, decades now. Like, <laughs> almost 15 <laughs> years, Robbie. But yes, to us, it's new because it wasn't, it wasn't there. there when I was It a wasn't kid. there when we were little, when we lived in that area. So it's new in my world, yes. But... <laughs> it's not uh, fully developed yet, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just right up there. But we... He had a motor that... So my dad for the longest time has horse traded him engine work for body work because his customers don't want to find other people, but he doesn't know the first thing about that stuff. So my dad did a lot of the mechanic work on his customer vehicles and, uh, and he's done the body work on the last couple of cars that my dad's restored. Okay. And that's kind of how it's worked. Well, he had a, a customer car's engine that, uh, was going to be rebuilt, but they found out that, the heads and the block have been decked to the point where they can't be decked anymore. And the cylinders have been honed out to the point where they can't be honed out unless you hone them way out and then sleeve them. Oh boy. And so the engine's not worth rebuilding because it's just a run of the mill, nothing interesting, small block Chevy. Oh, just yeah. a, just a, a, a 350 Chevy, a nothing special. So it's not run like of a, the mill. Yeah, it's not like a numbers matching. Well, has I, to I be. think it might be the numbers matching engine. But the guy isn't building, isn't restoring the car. He's gotcha. he's resto modding the car, if you will. Oh, and so there's really no point in trying to keep its original original motor. But the it's guy wants to keep the motor. Yeah. Wants, so my dad brought it back, and yep. while we were in Sheldon, we went and visited Dalton, okay, who was mid uh, paint prep, if you will, for the chop top. Okay. Diesel. Yep. Cruise. Uh, Taking a perfectly good diesel cruise a perfectly, with a perfectly good, decent paint job. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think when I say paint prep, I just mean they scuffed it. I don't think they scuffed it. They took like a, uh, a DA and just yeah. sanded the fuck out of it. Yeah. Okay. Just want to make yeah, sure. Yeah. I want to make sure my definition of scuff and your definition well, of scuff. Well, it wasn't like, I mean, he didn't like hit it with an SOS pad. <laughs> no, but they sanded the piss out of it. <laughs> Yeah. Scratch the ever-living hell out of it. Yeah, and then they laid paint over the top of that. Yeah. And this is the world's largest flake. But my dad, like, I think he's come around on uh, on Dalton. Yeah? I think he his shenanigans have gotten to the point where I think he actually enjoys he's, he's Dalton. La- he's, not a, he's not annoyed anymore, and now he, he just laughs just at it. Just because he's he's always good for a laugh. And, he's, and, and he, he is. And so my dad was like... Yeah, let's go visit Dalton. And so, <laughs> and so we stopped at the garage and we checked some stuff out. And uh, he's got that big scissor lift. Was that in there during the party? Yeah, but it was way over on the, on the, right. on the far side. So yeah, like it was yeah. like tucked away. Well, he had it out in the middle. So uh, I hopped in there with my kid and we went up and down. And my kid was less than impressed. And, and uh, it probably wasn't the safest thing I've ever done. Oh, it's not unsafe. Well, they have guardrails and stuff. Uh, apparently, it does not. Like if, if Ryan and Dalton both tried to go up in it at the same time, it would not go. Oh, 
It's too wore out. Wow. That is wore out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Like a, that's gotta be like 3,000 pound rated. Originally. Those, those should be, those are average construction worker builds. Yeah. It should be able to lift two of them. Relatively. Two men. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's worn out. I mean, Don and Ryan aren't peak physical fitness, but they're certainly not the grotesquely obese. <laughs> right. So. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, it might not have been the safest thing in the world. It's fine. We didn't die. Exactly. You're here. And, yeah, they were mid-paint uh, prep. And I got to see the flake that they were going to put on it. And Going to or did? Well, they did. Oh, okay. But it, it was in the bags when I saw it. Gotcha. So. And they didn't, yeah. He'll tell the whole story next week. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah, yeah. Nothing like painting a car and then throwing the glitter on because it doesn't fit through the, the cannon of the, or the nozzle of the, the gun. Yep. About the biggest nozzles they could buy in town still weren't big enough. <laughs> so. I love it. So apparently there's a there's a website that you can get a oh, flake the, gun. Yep. And Dalton, it's, it's like $400. So Dalton's going to buy it. Of course. Because he wants to have it. So he can do it the next time. Do it right. Well, I think he wants to do it. Like with his motorcycle or some shit, because apparently he still owns a motorcycle. I didn't see it in the garage, but yeah, probably. No, it's in the back building. That's right, he has a back building. <laughs> that that shop is the most ridiculous thing. It's huge. It's when like you when you drive up on it, you're like, are you fucking kidding me right it, now? What is it's like twenty four by eighty, right? It's something like that, yeah. Or is it, it's wider than that. It's wider than 24. Yeah, I think it's yeah, I think it's more like 30. 30 by 80? I think it's 32, 36 by 80. Yeah, it's huge. And it's but attached like, to his house. It's attached to the, <laughs> It's attached to the house, which is half underground. Yep. But it looks ridiculous, but it's the city's fault. Yes, because he wanted a smaller detached shop. He wanted to put it behind the house where you wouldn't see it. Yep. And they told him no. <laughs> so they have no one to blame but themselves. Yes. So And they approved the, the... Well, so when they told him he couldn't have the detached one, they said you had to do an attached one, he came back to them with a smaller one than what he has, and they shut that down too. And so he gave them this bigger one, and they said, yeah, that's, that looks good, build it. Yeah, this How? is bigger than what he wanted. Yeah. It's bigger than what he originally asked for. But and for some reason, they said they, no. They approved the bigger one? But they one? approved the bigger one. Are they high? Like, why, why I don't understand Well, according to you, Robbie, everybody does drugs in Sheldon. That would, I guess that would explain the decision. <laughs> Thank you for backing me up on this. But yeah, it's freaking I huge. assume that the person in the permitting office is from Sanborn, so. <laughs> yeah, next town down the, the road. The next town down the road. Yep. These are the rules. <laughs> I I don't understand the logic They have all. no one to blame but themselves. Right. So, it's so weird. It's hilarious looking, though. It, it it makes the house look small. Did he have the pallet sidewalk when you were there? To get in the walk-in door on the side. Yep. Uh, he had a bunch of pallets laying on the ground, and you would walk from because uh, the driveway had been all tore up because they had to replace a phase of his electrical. Oh, then yeah. That was there. And so it was just a bunch of pallets lined up to like get you across the mud field that the power company had left so that you could get into the garage. Yep. Yeah. Classic Dalton. It'll be that way for at least six months. Yeah. 
He'll wait until it's just about ready to snow again next fall, <laughs> and that's when we put in cement. <laughs> yeah. He desperately needs cement. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a bunch of money to do that. Well, the best part is, it. too, like, it's going to be a fuckload of cement. Well, yeah, and <laughs> he's talked too much shit on you. He has to do it himself. Yeah. I mean, he will, either way. But he's yeah, he, talked way too much shit on your patio. Yeah, I paid to have someone put in my patio, yeah. and it was worth every fucking penny. I agree wholeheartedly. They were done in a day. But he has talked way too much shit about that. He cannot... He. He's not allowed to pour any amount of concrete without doing it himself. Nope. Which I know he will, but... He ran his mouth hard about that. He better not complain once. Nope. All his choice. Yeah. So. I hate my gravel driveway so much that I'm... (sighs) I I want to put a, a cement driveway in. Our driveways are radically different, but that was one requirement I had when we were looking at houses. Mm Mm-hmm. Was that it needed to be a paved driveway because I knew if, that trying to scoop a gravel driveway in town was not no, going not to work. Thing, no. Well, then, yeah. But if you'd be surprised, though, Robbie, if the three <laughs> miles of road to get here wasn't basically right. a one step above a level B, yeah, uh, then I would already have it. Right? I would have right. found the way to invest and make it happen. Right. But you know, now you know, I got three miles of shit to get here. So what difference does it make? Right. I've always thought it was kind of funny when you you're. You're multiple miles out of on a, on a gravel road, and someone spent a huge amount of money to pave a quarter mile of driveway to their house. Like, but but why? Yep. Eventually, so. it'll be paved. Yeah, I mean, it'll it'll pay off eventually. But yeah, but yeah. Anyway, so while I was with or while we were in Paulina visiting relatives and whatnot, of course, we always do a bunch of car things because that's just what we do. Yep. So. Uh, my aunt, one of my aunt's best friends, her husband bought a Camaro a million years ago Okay. at this point. Uh, I don't know how long ago, but years ago. And he has decided that he's never going to do anything with it and he wants to sell it. And yeah, so you we, a picture of this, did you? You really, I really couldn't Oh, because of where it is. Okay. Like it, it's buried and it's wedged into this little bitty garage and like there really wasn't taking a picture of it okay fine but um he had the it's a third gen camaro everybody knows what third gen camaro looks like probably uh but he had the original motor which is this crossfire v8 and it that's this all right yep that's this thing here so this is what what uh spawned my thought for what we're going to talk about today now that we're fucking 45 minutes into the show or whatever. We're only 35 minutes. Huh? All right, cool. So this Crossfire V8 has two throttle body injection units. Are they linked at all? I mean, they have a linkage. Yep. Okay, I'll make sure I'm seeing To that. open and close the butterfly for the... Butterflies, right? Am I seeing that right? Uh, yeah, there's pro- it's probably dual butterflies, yes. Okay. There's probably two butterflies each. They're basically... Two barrel carburetors with a fuel inject with an electronically controlled fuel injector mounted above it. That's a great way to describe that. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. So this is how this is early, but not like super super early, but like eighties fuel injection before we figured out going to common rail individual uh, injector setups. This is what we did. Uh, and throttle body ignition or throttle body 
uh, fueling was very, very common, but I've never, I never realized that we did this where we had these dual throttle body setups. So it's basically two, two barrel carburetors is what it would really truly amount to. Yep. Uh, and I just thought it was kind of interesting and silly. I honestly don't know if I've ever seen that before. I don't know that I realized it was a thing. Yeah. Apparently it's garbage. You don't say. My dad said that it's just it's not it's prone to failure. Yeah. Okay. Pulling that off and putting like a regular intake manifold on it and a four barrel Holly carburetor is probably an improvement. Wow. But yeah, 80s electronics probably isn't the way. Yeah. And you're squirting the fuel from up in the air, like you're basically using the suction of the carburetor mm-hmm. to pull or of the throttle body to pull the air into it or the the fuel, fuel into it from above. Cause I think they were trying to like atomize it, you know? Yeah. That's their theory. And, and I think we all realized that that wasn't necessary. That we, you, you can put them closer to the intake or closer to the intake valves and it still works fine. Yeah. Or now we just put them straight into the cylinder. But uh, I don't know. So basically when I was looking at this, like it got me thinking about uh, all these crazy performance cars and parts and stuff like that from the 70s, the 60s, the 80s that we don't see today because our cars are so uh, similar even across like – so – if you went to GM in 1972 or whatever, and you were going to buy a Chevelle, yep, you could buy everything. Like I know you can still buy like a Camaro for a long time there. You could buy a four cylinder, a six cylinder, and an eight cylinder. But like the Chevelle, there was a six cylinder. I'm pretty sure. And then there's like nine different V8s that you could get. And of those V8s, there's a bunch of different transmission options and there's final drive ratio options and there's different uh, fuel delivery systems and there's all kinds of crazy stuff. Yep. And Mopar did it. Ford did it. GM did it. AMC did it. Like everybody did all the crazy weird things. Right. And so it just got me thinking about it because it, you kind of get, I kind of feel sad that we don't get to see those things in modern cars. Yeah, like not one. Right. Because like you can go to the Chevy dealership and you can spec out your C8. Right. But you're choosing between like three things. Right. And they all have the same engines. Yeah. And like even in the Camaro platform where I think... There's a couple options. Like, you know, I know we could get the four-cylinder, the six-cylinder, the eight-cylinder. And for a while there that you could get a few of those with uh, the 1LE package. And then I guess there was like a supercharged eight cylinder too, and you could get that with or without a one LE package. And and so like there is some options, but it's not as wild and crazy and varying. Yeah. And, and back then when you were ordering a car like that, the manufacturer assumed you knew shit about fuck. Now, right. and, and I also they think, assume you don't know anything. I also think that it was a lot more common to order a car. Hmm. Yeah. Nowadays, I think the overwhelmingly the buyer does not order the car. 
No. You go to a dealership. You might tell them, I want these certain things. And instead of ordering one, they'll look out to other dealerships and they'll find a dealership that has it sitting on the lot and they'll bring it in. Yes. But largely because of technology differences, that wasn't even an option. So you just had to order whatever you wanted. And then you ended up with – and they they would allow some level of a la carte stuff. Mm -hmm. And so you ended up with these crazy interesting – cars absolutely that were weird and wild and wonderful and then also uh the wins on sunday sells on monday thing was much more alive and kicking back then not only on circle track but also drag racing uh, oh yeah through the 60s and into the 70s a lot of manufacturers had these pretty insane drag package cars because people I mean, there were classes that were nationally competitive and had famous drivers that were driving stock cars. And you could go, you could go to a drag strip and you a national event, a national NHRA event, and you could watch somebody run uh, a Cuda and a Chevelle down the racetrack, and you could go, "God damn, that's awesome!" And on Monday, you could go and buy that car. Yep. And that sort of thing doesn't exist anymore. Like you can still buy drag pack packages, but they're not as readily available. No, and really, what brand do you think of when you think, when you say drag pack? It's Dodge. It's Dodge. Yeah, and that's where it stops. Because so Ford still makes a Cobra Jet, which is a drag specific car, and uh, GM still makes what I think they call the Copo. Even though yeah, yeah, uh, Copo was a different thing then than it is now, but uh, those. Those cars are drag packs, but they're built for specific classes. And I think that with the sh- with the Camaro, at least, it's a lottery system for the opportunity to purchase it. Of course, it is. So you can't you can't go to a drag strip and be like, "Fuck, dude, that was awesome! I want one of those," and walk into a dealership the next day and buy it. Right. That's not an option. Plus, you're waiting a year. Like, and when you get right it, now. they're not street legal. Oh, great. They're drag cars, whereas these were street legal cars. Yeah, so yeah, those so were ca- the new ones that we're buying yes. now. Those are caged drag cars. Yes, built very for very specific purposes, and so that's not as cool. No, but if I go to the a, a but because car. because uh, like I'm not going to go to the drag strip and see a ZL1 Camaro go down the road or go down the drag strip and be quite as inspired as I would have been if I'd have seen. That equivalent back in the '60s, I don't think. No, I, th- I think that's a fair statement. The '60s and '70s cars, they were more interesting because they were—I don't know—they just seemed more interesting. Yeah, and and I, well, I think that it just feels that the manufacturers embraced that culture. They did for sure, and and really latched onto it. So you really had that. It was part of their driver, advertising yeah, and part it, of their part of the way they sold cars. Yes. And that's not definitely I mean you still have some but it's not the same. Cuz you'll have Chevy will have stuff at like PRI and stuff. Yeah. But it's not it's not the same. And I do feel much in the same way I mentioned earlier in a few, a few episodes ago that you know I think racing is kind of having a renaissance and there's money coming back into it. I think that some manufacturers are starting to pay attention to performance enthusiasts. I saw an article this week about how uh, manual transmission sales have gone up. For the first time in like decades. Uh, yeah, like <laughs> since like the <laughs> 90s. Yeah. 
the, but they're actually creeping up and, and manuals are having kind of a renaissance, which kind of scares me because that means that we now have hipsters, I guess, car, <laughs> car hipsters that are buying new manual transmission cars because they're, they're cool and they feel better and stuff like that, which, you know, I, they're right. But like, <laughs> you know, how I, you know, how, like <laughs> there's a lot of people who feel so snobby about vinyls. Oh yeah. And I don't want manual transmissions to become that because I've I've always loved manual transmissions and almost every vehicle I've ever owned has been a manual transmission. Yep. And if they become like snobby douchey things like vinyls kind of have become for some people, that's going to make me sad. But if it brings them back, then, but if it brings them back, then I guess that's the price. It's a necessary evil. Yeah. Jess and I had a long conversation about that because I told her it was like, whatever replaces the focus as my daily uh-huh. is has to, to have a manual. a manual. Yeah, like no question about it. And, and she, I assume she knows how to drive one. She does. She's a Missouri girl. She's a country girl. Yeah, yeah. But then she tried to make the argument that she didn't know how, as if I didn't already know that she knew how. <laughs> <sighs> it's gonna bitch. be a. It's gonna be a manual. I don't know why it wouldn't be. Yeah. I'm disappointed that it's not now. Kyle. I literally, like, literally the only reason the focus isn't is because it was an opportunity. Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. If I if I would had gone out and bought a specific Right. If daily, you would have seen that car on Marketplace for that price and noticed it was an automatic, you would have moved on. Yes. Without a doubt. Right. Because I almost bought a Fiesta the other day. Nice. Because I couldn't believe the price, and it yeah. was real. Yeah. And I was like, well, if it's still there by the time you know, I could get Just done. a base Fiesta? Yeah, it was just an orange Fiesta. Was it a With Evo Boost? One, a one liter? Uh, what are they? I want to say it's like one six. I don't think that's right. So they make they made a one liter EcoBoost. Okay. And then they made another, that was a base model. Yep. And then they made a base model that was a naturally aspirated four cylinder, which is the most common one. I think it's that one. But for some reason, I have this like intense desire to drive a one liter EcoBoost car. Okay. It, it, it wasn't. Because that's a three cylinder turbo motor. And for some reason, I just, I need that in my life. Yep. No, I was, I think they wanted like 2,700 bucks for it. And I, like, I was, it wasn't an unreasonable price, but it was enough that I kind of questioned. I was like, this is a waste of my time because there's no way it's real. Yeah, yeah. And it sold like immediately. Of course it did. And I, I, by the time I got home to tell Jess I was driving to Ankeny to go look at this Fiesta, <laughs> it, it was sold. I was like, man, I, I bought that, immediately turned around, sold the Focus, and been like way happy with life. And it just didn't. Yeah, you probably could have sold for almost as much. Damn near, yeah, I bet. Which is sad. Yeah, I mean, I would have just turned around and put the. You know, put the focus on marketplace. Two grand. At this point, any good running <laughs> car is worth at least two grand. Yes. Which is uh, disgusting. The only thing wrong with it is that it doesn't have air conditioning. There's no check engine light. There's nothing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So anyway, uh, I didn't get as much time to research some of the stuff as I wanted to. Uh, but I have a few interesting uh, stuff from the the golden age of muscle cars okay. that I thought were cool parts that when I see them in cars, I think, Oh, that's, that's rad. Okay. Uh, and we're just going to talk about them. You can ask me questions. I probably won't know the answers to because I, I, I definitely won't. And, uh, no, the I'll do my best to explain them. But anyway, uh, first up, I want to talk about since we've already, since we introduced this with, 
uh, fuel injection systems. Let's talk about some of the some of the way that people fuel some of the fuel delivery systems. Okay, so you know most most normal cars came with single either two or four barrel carburetors. Yep, and every once in a while you see some dual carburetors, uh, but. Pontiac and Mopar both were really well known for doing um, tri power. That was what Pontiac called it, and uh, uh, Mopar called them six packs. Okay. But they were three two barrel carburetors. That's not what you got there. They don't right? have that. I was going to say it's in right. there. I promise. Uh, but they're three two barrel carburetors. Yeah, in a row. Yeah, yeah. And was, uh, was wrong. so my dad. Not that long ago, had a tri-power set up in a vehicle. Okay. And if I remember this correctly, the center one does most of the fuel delivery for the engine at low fuel requirement. So oh, like, this isn't like a... They're, they're basically progressive linkages. Oh. So the middle one is like... Basically, the middle one does all of the fuel delivery at idle. Yep. It's a common plenum. And uh, at idle and, like, cruising down the road, the middle one is doing most of the fuel delivery. And then, like, past a certain amount of throttle uh, travel on the pedal, the front and rear ones will start to open up. And they open up at a faster rate than the middle ones so that when you're at wide open throttle, all three of them are fully open. Interesting. That's how it's kind. So it's kind of like having a primary and a secondary f- flow within a, so like a, a most most two and four barrel carburetors that's the way they work yep like so my omni has two weber carburetors on it and both of those carburetors have a primary and secondary butterflies they're dual um, interesting yes and then so the the bigger one the primary does most of the fuel delivery at at idle and does all of it at idle and and stuff like that and then as you open the pedal or as you push the pedal the the second one will start to open huh. farther in so that's how but and so those <clears throat> are dual there there there's three two barrel carburetors yes but the outside ones open up at the same speed and the middle one has the the two barrels i think open independently of each other i think but then also the middle one does most of the fuel delivery at lower rpms and stuff like that okay so i'm guessing that like and they're replacing different ones and, and it, so i think they're all basically the same okay so i think that they have it just comes down like, to the linkage like the like if you buy a rebuild kit they're they use all the same gaskets and all that stuff, okay. I, I think. Or maybe the middle one is different and the outside I, I, two are the same. Yeah, I could see that. At most, that's the only thing different about them. Right. But, uh, yeah, Pontiac did this a lot with the tri-power cars. Uh, my dad's owned a few of them. The the intake manifolds and uh, carburetors, and the, like the complete kit, this day and age are are pretty valuable i would imagine they're they're worth quite a bit of money the last one that my dad bought somebody had basically restored a to like exact factory uh perfect and he paid a not small amount of i don't remember what but it was a not small amount of money for that whole setup yeah, see when i was googling 
like just to get the picture for this yeah, yeah. earlier, like there was things on eBay well under the thousands. Yeah. I, I didn't see what yeah, parts complete, were in it, but a complete ready to go tri power setup for uh, Pontiac. Now the intake manifold has to mount, match the engine you're getting, but you know, and so like some of those intake manifolds are more rare than others. But for what is the probably the more common one, which I don't remember the numbers or anything like that, I would guess that those are probably still fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars for a complete one that you can just put on an engine and go. Wow. Whereas a regular four barrel carburetor setup, you're looking at probably less than a thousand dollars for the whole thing. And realistically, it'll probably make more power and be more reliable. But it sure as fuck ain't as cool. Right. It's way less complicated, but. And that probably makes less power in all reality than was, a modern-day carburetor. Oh, yeah, I was, I was modern curious. Modern-day, air quotes. <laughs> but like a modern-designed carburetor probably makes – that tri-power system probably makes less power. Uh, it's certainly more problematic. It wouldn't surprise me if this was less efficient, less efficient. It probably does get worse gas mileage. <laughs> but that's the price you pay for being cool, Robbie. I think in the 60s when this was most popular – that probably was a better system than than that era's quadrajets. Yeah, at the time, I'm stuff sure. like that. But we've come a long ways in carburetor technology, if you will. Uh huh. <laughs> I'll, I'll have you know, I've learned more about carburetors in the last 15 minutes than I've learned my entire life. Okay, you make education fun. <clears throat> carburetors are a whole deal. They refuse to teach us carburetors in automotive school. Uh, for I've, obvious reasons, <laughs> I I didn't know. Like I could point at at carburetors and tell you names of parts, but I didn't really understand how they worked or what you had to do to tune them until I bought mm-hmm. the Omni and was forced to learn. But honestly, the dual Weber setup that's on my Omni is the most reliable individual component of that car I've had. Literally, well, once I got it set. I've never had yeah, to set it, set it and forget it. I've never had to mess with it. But like Michael had a different type of Weber on the Fiat. Fiat and him and his dad would always be like, they'd have to change jets constantly based fighting. on weather and stuff like that. Mine just ran. Yep. But we have different, he had DCOEs, which were side draft, uh, basically independent throttle bodies. Uh, whereas mine is like two, two barrel carburetors that are sitting on a con- common plenum. Yep. And so mine's a totally different style of carburetor. And, but mine just just worked. I do remember that. Oh. And honestly, uh, you know, my dad's owned at least one or two cars that are carbureted my entire life. And he knows what he's doing with them. And he doesn't. Yeah. It's, it was an art. I mean, but that was back when that was back when car guys. Yeah. I mean, more, there were people that bought those type of cars were car guys. You know, they were constantly working on it. They understood what they were yeah. doing. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, you know, again, that's that's definitely changed now. But also, you have to have a laptop to do anything now. So, you make more power, and it's a lot more efficient with modern day fuel injection. Don't get me wrong. For sure. For but sure. If you just want something running, and you need to keep it cheap, and you can just. Uh, Slap dick a carburetor on and go I for it. I say, your dad proved that. He just took it out of the box, threw it on, and he ran it. So frustrating. You were trying to tell him that he had to do something to it, and he said, no, I don't, and just He has went. no idea what air fuel ratio that motor <laughs> runs. Nothing. But it runs. No idea. It hasn't burned a hole in a piston yet, so it's not running too lean. Just just play it by ear, Adam. Sounds good. Runs good. <sighs> it's so upsetting. <laughs> so... Uh, I don't know how different the Mopar versions were 
from the tri-power ones, which uh, we looked at these a little bit earlier ago. Um, uh, so I know there's one in there in your list of pictures. But I don't know how different they are. Uh, but like when you see Barracuda, like Cuda's with six pack, like four forty yeah. six pack. That's what the six pack is. It's it's a, a three two barrel carburetors. Um, they seem to be more like w- almost one carburetor with three two barrel setups yeah, they, on them. Yeah, they definitely seem to like but, mate together. Yeah, they're not. But I I don't know that much. I have spent very little time under the hood of a Mopar product from the sixties through the. 70s me even less so i i don't know much about them i just know that they exist yep i couldn't tell you i assume that they work on basically the same principles where the middle one does most of the work and the outside ones are really only there for wide open throttle now nah, if anything it's the opposite and it's just totally backwards and weird <laughs> and excessively complicated or each one feeds uh one set of cylinders well then you need four then wouldn't you it almost has to be common plenum you would think, yeah. So, I know Ford played around with, and I couldn't find any of the names of these things, but Ford played around with some really crazy uh, carburetor setups where you have two four barrels, three four barrels, four four barrels, four <laughs> two barrels, just and like you had a you had a carburetor that sat on the left side of the engine and fed the right side cylinder bank and and vice versa and all kinds of i mean intake you you go through a a good guy's car show and look at some of these cars there's as many intake manifolds as there is cars it's crazy yep the the different kinds of fuel delivery systems that we tried and just doing for the most part failed yeah doing everything they possibly could to try to get that last little bit that the other the competitor wasn't getting and even sometimes i'm convinced that some of these were purely cool points probably that they weren't really truly performance advantages but just purely cool points because you go to a drag strip now where carburetors still are quite common in bracket racing everyday grassroots drag racing they're all four barrel you know carburetors they're all what you think of when you picture a carburetor in your head they're not out there running nine different carburetors and, and all kinds of crazy ass shit. They're just running basic systems right. and there's a reason for it, but they aren't as cool. No. So, well, it's like E-Man within the ITBs and his Datsun. Yeah. Much cooler. It's worth it. Oh yeah. Even if it's a pain. And he bought the ITBs for that, the 350Z. The oh, that's right. He did, didn't he? And they're just sitting. Robbie. No fucking way. I'm not doing that. Robbie. <laughs> it's not worth it. It is worth it. No, it's not. It's a GLTC car. It's totes worth it. No, it's not. That's what you do at GLTC. You make bad decisions for performance parts you can't use. You that put LS7s hurts. in BMWs and then you choke them down to 220 horsepower, Robbie. I think this was 240, but yeah, you do that. I <laughs> <laughs> was so funny. Yeah, so Colton Wade did that with his BMW, and he said when he went E46 to the forty six M three. Yep, and he said when he brought it to the tuner, he, you wouldn't. Be, I guess you would believe. Oh, I'm the sure. face of the tuner. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, no doubt in my mind. We're gonna do what today? You want to do what? This is what kind of engine? A, a brand new LS seven. <laughs> Out of control. Yep, excited to see him back on track. Yeah, his was definitely one of my favorite libraries last year. Yep, I think his his will be exciting this year too. Uh, Adam Ulrich's car is my favorite so far this year. That's a that's a fair. The assessment. gold and white C5 Cor- Corvette. Uh, Corvette. Oh, yep, that'll be on the so good looking. 
Yeah, he'll be at Super Bowl or the, at Coda this weekend. Yep. Yep. So you'll have already missed it. Yep. If you're listening to this. Also, if you're listening to this and you looked for me there, I'm sorry I didn't make it. I wasn't going to go, so I'm not yeah. sorry. What's the next thing we're going to ramble on about endlessly, Robbie? Hit me with something. We'll talk about it. I don't know. You you told me to bring these things. Hit me with one of them. We'll there's, talk about this is a transmission with buttons. All right. So in the – this is actually early 80s. Buick – I can tell based on the amount yeah, of that's uh, burgundy. <laughs> uh, Buick ran a bunch of crazy things through their cars. One of the things they did was they paired up with Hearst – and they did what they call lightning rods. And this is kind of like a street-driven Lenko system. Yeah. And you know my love for Lincos. And rightfully so. Uh, so basically, there are three shifters in the center console of this car. One of them uh, has your basic park reverse neutral overdrive drive settings. Yep. And then there's two to the left of it. Or sorry, to the right of it. That almost... If this was like a Jeep, you'd think that they were like the four-wheel drive and the high-low. Yep. Uh, but they're just sitting there off to the right. And that's first and second gear if you put it all the way into drive. So you t- so if I'm getting in this car and I'm about to drive I think forward. if you put it in overdrive, it will just drive down the road like a regular automatic transmission. Okay. So then I go all the way, all the way down. All the way down to, to drive. drive. And, and then, then you- I have to pull my number one. Yes, I think so. And then you grab number two. So then I would have number one and number two pulled back? I don't know exactly how it works. And then does it go to three automatically? I think you might have to push the the last lever into overdrive to go to third. Okay. And I'm guessing overdrive is four total? Yeah, maybe. Can't imagine it stops at three, right? Three speeds were not uncommon in, in the, the 80s? In those days. Doesn't seem like enough. But then this again, was a, I, feel, this was I, feel, a, I feel like we have too many now. This was a drag racing package. I mean... Yeah. What car did this come in? Uh, like Buicks. Like Regals? G-Bodies. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Oldsmobile did a bunch of stuff with Hearst and yep, their crazy yep, shifters. Yep. Uh, but this is always the one that stuck out to me because it's basically a street legal... Or like a street-driven Lenko. Yeah. I would like to drive that. Lenko does make a street transmission because the problem with the drag racing version of it is that in order to get it to downshift, apparently it has to come come to a stop. My understanding (laughs) of this now is that you have to come to a stop, (laughs) which I I which is crazy because uh, the Cletus McFarlane YouTube channel they just built a car with a Lenko in it, a Fox body, and they took it on a Dragon Drive. They took it on Sick Week. Which is a drag and drive event. Can you imagine? How annoying that would be? be How much planning and advance you have to do? And then I don't know that they even have a reverse. Probably not. No, they have to have a reverse because you do a burnout. A lot of times you'll back up. So they got to have a reverse. But still, if you have to come to a complete stop to downshift, how obnoxious. Yeah. I need to know now. But Ledco does make a street. a street legal or like a street able version. Okay. Uh, a friend of my dad's used to have one in a car, and I mean it had all the levers in it, but you could you could shift them up and down as as needed. Interesting. Uh, which I think would make a great road course. 
Uh, All right, dumb dumb question for the noob on, uh-huh. this, on this side of the table. Do I have to clutch when I'm doing that? Ledcos don't have clutches. No clutches. Okay, I didn't think so. No. So you're just bashing gears as you go. They're just planetary. Fuck yeah. Gears. So there's actually in here somewhere there's pictures of Ledcos because one of the motors I wanted to talk about, I had my dad is a buddy who has one bolted to a Ledco. So uh but they basically just stack onto each other. Yep. And I think they're just planetary drives for each gear, basically. Yeah, I mean that's like because that looks like about the size of it's a totally it's a totally different uh, than like a regular automatic transmission. Yeah, it's it's got it's got to basically look on the inside like what uh, a sequential looks like. Yeah, basically. It's just yeah driven you just di- can't, differently. You just can't downshift it apparently. <laughs> And I suppose if you do, you have to. It ha- there's a specific it has to be order. Parked. Yeah, I don't think it can be moving, and you definitely can't skip gears. Right, skipping gears is not an option. No. So, the coolest, Ravi. I would. I would enjoy trying to drive one of those. Oh, so much! Real cool. I would love the opportunity to drive one on the street. A street version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I want to drive a race version on the street. That just sounds obnoxious. It, it, it would be not great. It might be funny once, but I don't think it's something I would want to do on a regular basis. So. No. Uh, but yeah, Hearst Lightning Rods. Interesting. Super cool. Uh, similar, it's a similar vein to that. We've talked about this a couple of times, and I still don't truly understand how it works. But they did that C5 Doug Nash transmission, which is apparently oh. kind of manual and also kind of automatic. Yep. That Michael was so obsessed with. <laughs> yep. uh, yeah, that was a thing. Yeah, it sounds similar to this. Yeah, I think yeah. it was a very similar uh, concept. Just a, it had a manual option, and then you could put it in a gear, and it would shift automatically into overdrive and stuff like that. Hmm. I don't really know how it works. No idea. Magic and witchcraft. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's generally what transmission, especially automatic transmissions are. Yeah, they make no sense. No. If you've ever pulled one apart or seen one pulled apart, it makes no sense. No. They're that, crazy. None whatsoever. Yeah. And I can't imagine that like sequentials and stuff like that are any more simple. No, sequentials are a lot simpler. Are they? Yes. Oh, Okay. Remarkably, compared to an automatic transmission, like from a like from a concept standpoint, yeah. like yeah, that makes sense. It's a it's got gears and shit. DCTs blow my mind. Yeah, that don't make sense because they're like all the next gear is already staged or some crazy ass thing. Yep. I don't really quite understand how those work. More magic and witchcraft. I'm I'm not familiar about those at all. No. No, just just, just standard, CVTs. Standard. That's just a rubber band moving back and forth on yeah. some cones. Yeah, that's. That's just weird. That didn't work for, for Robbie. <laughs> no. Throwback. Ugh. Speaking yeah. of things we used to have. Gross. Things that we've changed. Things that we'll never, the ever rogue. go back to. The rogue. That was just, an, I needed something, but man. <laughs> talk about, uh, talk about a, just a string of bad luck for cars there. Really, it's your parents' fault. They should have just let you keep the RAV. They did talk me out of getting rid of the RAV. Yeah. I bet that'd still be running. That'd be my shitbox right now. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it'd be like 400,000 miles, but it'd still be running. Yeah, yeah. it'd be frustrating how uh, good that would still be to you. Yep. Yep. So, what are you going to hit us that's, with? That's another car that, uh, if it showed up, 
like in in a decent price range, a two door Rav Four manual transmission. Ugh, that focus would be, that focus would be for sale so fucking fast. Uh, that's like on a very short list of crossover SUV type vehicles that I would even own. Yes, there there was one cruising around West Des Moines. It was like Hunter Green. Yeah. And some high school They're all kid, Hunter Green. Some high school kid was driving it. And I wanted to just like pull <sighs> up next bitch. to him and go, hey, when you sell that thing, here's when, my number. When you crash it. Yeah. That's the problem, too. It's like he doesn't even realize what he has. Right? <laughs> right? His parents probably gave it to him, and now he's just like, he, he probably hates, hates it. it. <laughs> but My parents couldn't even buy me a new car. Ugh, this thing's like from like 2003. No, it's older than that. There's no way. Oh, that's right. They're, <laughs> They're from like the 98. <laughs> yeah, I think 99 might yeah, be the newest. The car's like older than him. Yeah, probably. Goddamn kids. I didn't realize. Kids these days. Kids they, these days, Robbie. I'll tell you. What about this thing? Uh, are you going to show it to the people? No, so, I don't, don't want to. <clears throat> Ford. So over on the oval track stuff, we talked a bunch about drag racing. Yep, yep. Over on the over oval track stuff, we were doing crazy dumb things with NASCAR too. Uh, everybody knows the famous winged Mopars. One of the few, uh, um, muscle cars that I desperately lust after. I don't blame you. I understand. <sighs> so it, it, cool. Robbie. It is excellent. And also, my favorite thing about it is because this this car is lusted after by many. Yeah, muscle cars, guys like us. Uh huh. And then at the same time, the people that lust after this car will shit talk big winged cars from today. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but also, this thing was a giant middle finger, which makes it even better. Yeah, I'm all about it. Like the 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 wing was a giant middle finger the nose cone the the pockets above the wheels the front wheels they said that they told nascar that they put them there for tire clearance but actually they're to they were to evacuate air out of the out of the yep. wheel well for downforce and lower yep. the the high pressure zone inside the wheel well to keep the front of the car planted at speed. <laughs> but they told him that when the car would push down on itself at speed, yeah. that the top of the tires would rub on the wheel well, so they had to do that to give it the clearance. <laughs> Their scrutineer was not well-versed in aerodynamics. No, because you could have just made a bulge for that. It didn't need to be open-ended on the back. <laughs> right. It didn't need to be vented. No. Oh, it's not. It's not an advantage. We're just doing that to keep the tires from from uh, rubbing on the top of the fender well and and popping holes in them. Did you see? Uh, uh, it was one of the ASM cars at WRL last weekend. Yeah, they rubbed a hole through their fender because they were t- they were too low, and oh, the wheel Jesus. the wheel was rubbing on the inside of the fender. So it, it was like that, but it was an actual like rubber uh, worn hole in the yeah. top of their fender. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, I didn't see that. Yeah. What a crazy deal. So, um, but yeah, these had the big heavy motors in them, yep. which are wild and crazy. Uh, <clears throat> everybody knows what Hemi's, what Hemi means. It means that the, the cylinder is domed basically, yep. uh, to make more compression and stuff like that. And, uh, one thing that I find really fascinating about these is, and they've made these since like the fifties. Yeah, forever. Like they've made 
That thing got a Hemi. Yeah. yeah. Like, Hemis have been a thing forever. Um, and this is what, like, original top fuel dragsters were built on in the 50s and 60s when they were still front engine and we were still trying to do 200 miles an hour. Yep. Um, big superchargers and crazy things. But what's wild to me about these is how big the valve covers and the heads and the cylinders are. They're just so, like, absurd. And Because when you look at an LS... They're they're just so tiny. It's just, it's just a streamlined a single cam with, and it's not really yeah. And like this is still this that's not an overhead cam motor. The but Hemi, it, it, but it it looks like it's a it dual overhead cam. Looks like it, Jesus Christ! <laughs> it looks like a coyote. Like yeah, when it comes yeah. to that type of size, yeah. Coyotes have similar size head or valve covers to a Hemi. No, that's just how big it is. <laughs> and that's a seven liter motor in some of them. That's massive. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, and that's what they ran in NASCAR. Yep. Uh, and so then Ford had their own version of that because everything's a horsepower war. And so Ford built their response to that was the Boss 429, uh, which also has what I think is one of the coolest looking head valve cover designs because they're just so such big. A, and It's a gigantic piece of cast aluminum. Yeah. The whole engine, uh, some of these, the whole thing was cast aluminum. Goodness. The block and everything, I think. Which is pretty crazy, especially back then. Yeah, back back when you weren't trying to pinch pennies on everything, because like now there's no way that wouldn't be plastic, you know. The valve cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the that wasn't an option, right? Then they couldn't. But if you made that out of like uh, regular steel, it'd be too heavy. Cause I mean, I assume that's lighter than a, a stamped steel piece in a similar size or they wouldn't have done it. Uh, a stamp would be a lot thinner. Yeah, I suppose. I don't know. I don't know that you could stamp something like that. With no, that it would be, it, it, shape. It, no, it has to be a totally different shape. Yeah. It would be more square and blocky. And yeah. And that would have been really hard to make the, wouldn't look the spark good. plugs fit the way that they do in those engines which is crazy looking so i just love this these huge insane gigantic proportions that these motors had um because it's not like ls is now where they'll literally fit in anything right uh like these they they have to go in the cars they came in because those cars were designed around the engine they won't and that's the only option anywhere else yeah I mean, without doing some serious reworking, that's the, you're just stuck with it. Um, Ford's response to the, the Daytonas and the Superbirds was the Ford Torino Cobra Jet. Um, car I wasn't even familiar with. Yeah, so it's not quite as extreme uh, aerodynamically, but the the NASCAR versions of them still had a lot of this stuff. And they did make a long nose one, but I don't know if they ever ran it. Oh, it exists, but I don't know if it was ever raced, and I don't think it was ever available to the public like the Superbird and the Daytona were. Okay. Um, but these would have the big Boss motor in them, and they're, you know, about the size of a. They're the the intermediate chassis, so they're a little bigger than the Mustang, but they're not a full size car. They're, you know, they're, uh, Chevelle competitors. Yep. Um. But they certainly weren't. They aren't as popular today as the Mustang is. 
or the Chevelle yeah, or other right, yeah. cars that that are direct competitors to them from other brands. But the the Cobra Jet One has some really cool history to it too, because it was it was built for NASCAR. Yep. So yeah, surprisingly less not not as common. No, because it's not quite as ostentatious. It's not as in your face and ridiculous. Right. I wouldn't turn one of these down because it's got a cool history to it, but I don't lust after it. No. Like I do the winged Mopars. That's fair. Those are as cool as they come in my book. And despite the fact that I own and and love an Omni, I am not a Mopar guy. No. Like any other car except the winged Mopars from that era, I have no interest in. And I don't really blame it because I'd be the same way. Yeah, but there's just something about them. They're just so cool. Everything's good about it. They're long and ridiculous and low. I just love it. I just love it so much. So, um, in a similar vein, uh, I found out this while I was actually researching this stuff. Apparently, in the C2, C3 Corvette? That's a C3 Corvette. Yes. Uh, We're probably wrong. They tried to make, they tried to make a, or at that time, GM was paired up with McLaren in, um, what a weird pairing. GT racing? Yeah. Yeah, right? Such a weird pairing. Uh, but McLaren's famous um, GT cars, I can't remember specifically what class they ran in, but, you know, old school IMSA, yep. the stuff we think about, the orange uh, McLarens we think of that weren't Formula One cars back then, those were Chevy big blocks. <laughs> and they were all aluminum big blocks, oh, shit. which is crazy to think of. And apparently GM took one of those motors and put it in a Corvette and called it a ZL1. And they made one just as like a show car. Uh, and then apparently <clears throat> two people who worked at the Corvette factory were able to order their own versions of these. And so there's only three of them known to exist. And they cost ten thousand forty eight dollars, which apparently was like three grand more than the next highest spec. What's that in? A, That's what I'm about to find cu- out here. Current dollars. Um, ten thousand in nineteen sixty nine. Let's see. I need an inflation calculator for that. Yeah. Uh, but <clears throat> this is like so hyper rare that it's not quite. As uh, interesting, right. I just I mean, think that the super... fact I just think it's cool that like somebody could order some like people worked at a factory and went, "I want that." Yes, and so they ordered it, and they got it. What's, well, no, the crazy thing to me is that it it was available to be ordered, and only two other people bought it. That a thousand people didn't jump on it. Yeah, you'd think that more people would have gotten it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I almost wonder if it was just not known yeah it maybe, couldn't have been advertised right or maybe it wasn't made available to the public yet and then they they ordered it and bought it and then they got it and that was it they didn't actually release it yeah so uh in 1968 10,008 uh 10,048 2023's equivalent is $86,381 
So that's really not that far off of what a Z06 costs now. Yeah, really. But think about how much more you get for a modern day car compared to that. <laughs> and that car was $3,000 more than the next highest spec Corvette you could buy. The one that was more commonly purchased by the public. Wild. That's pretty crazy. That's the sort of thing that would never happen today. Not There's no way that that's possible, that you could get uh, a racing-derived engine. Because they still have those. Like, the engine that's in the GT3 car is not the engine that comes in a street C8. Not even close. They're just they're totally different. But there is no way that you could get that off the factory floor. Right. It just it could uh, yeah, not I, happen. I, I couldn't go to Chevy and say, I want this no and you couldn't even do that as a factory employee like these guys did right that's just there's just no way that they would allow it no so that's cool yeah i'm I'm surprised there's not more of them me too kind of i wonder what they're worth all of the money a million dollars more for sure there's only three of them if you you could find them i assume that people know where they are i don't think they do I don't know if they do or not. Somebody does somewhere. I also love the idea that factory workers are so into the thing they're making that they went out and bought that. Yeah. That like that that shows the passion and dedication they had to what they were producing at the time. Which is I don't think super common. Well, I, if, I think if it's not your if own it, business, yeah. If it not. exists anywhere today, it's probably in the Corvette factory. Yeah, I would say automotive, most likely. Like some, like if but you're specifically the Corvette factory, I'll give you that. Because people building F one fifties do not feel that way about F one fifty. No, 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 no. But I'd, I'd say like you you don't see that in other industries. I would say no, for sure not. Not not like automotive. Maybe not. You know, nowadays less so. But yeah, so. Uh, this one I brought or I'm bringing up the Studebaker Avanti one of what I consider to be genuinely the ugliest cars ever made it is not pretty no it's not a good looking car it's it's very uh, I don't know it's bad so this is an early 60s this, Studebaker this, this is one of those cars that we we can agree is very ugly yeah there are people that think this is the most beautiful thing in the world I'm not going to lie to you Robbie uh, if someone asked me if I wanted it, I would not turn it away. How much money? Like free? I'm not paying anybody for it. Oh, yeah, no. But like if I had the cash and I knew I could get it back in six months, I'd probably buy it. No. Absolutely not. Because it's so stupid. The problem is the only situation in which I would buy it would be the same situation I bought the Focus. And that's not... You, there's no like that that would never happen. No. So uh, the reason I knew of this car existing is because, uh, like we had just talked or like we had talked about earlier, my dad's buddy who owns a restoration shop had one of these go through there, and my dad got it running. And the top spec of this car actually was available as a supercharged car, which isn't all that crazy in of itself. Supercharged cars have been available for a very long time, yeah, forever. But this. And this probably isn't the case, but to my knowledge, this is the only car that I have ever seen 
that was available from the factory with a centrifugal supercharger and not a root style or uh, intake mounted supercharger. Right. So this is a supercharger that's like a Paxton or a Procharger kit where it's hanging off the side kind of like where an al- like an, where an alternator would be and then has a pipe piping run over to the fuel delivery system. And in this case, because it's a carbureted car from the 60s and the supercharger is not mounted over the intake, that means that the boost is actually ran through the carburetor, whereas most of these cars from that era, the carburetors would have been mounted on top of the supercharger. The supercharger would have pulled the air and fuel through itself, and so it would have been compressing the air-fuel mixture. This one, the supercharger is pushing it through the carburetor. Huh. And I can only imagine that this caused a lot of special problems. Yeah. Like, a, So is it pulling air right off that hot manifold? Into the, yes. Okay. I just want to make sure yep, we're yep. looking the at The air cleaner comes right off the back of the supercharger. Which is directly uh, basically above. is sitting against the exhaust manifolds. Yes. And the valve covers, which valve covers don't get as hot as exhaust manifolds, but they're not cold. No. But yeah, I mean, you're like, you know, a f- a three inches away from your exhaust uh-huh. at most. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then it runs it through the supercharger, straight out the top of the supercharger through a, like a, say, 10 inch long pipe and then into a carburetor hat and straight through the carburetor. There's no no intercooling. Uh-uh. There's no uh, there's no air to air. There's no water to air. There's no nothing. It's just just and it, it probably makes like six psi. Yeah. Uh, these were not power. They weren't slow. In fact, uh, random fact that I think I'm remembering correctly, they might have been the fastest car pr- production car available at the time. In 1964, which is kind of a crazy thought. 289 horsepower. 289 horsepower. Look at that. So it was... Naturally aspirated made 240. 49 more horsepower. (laughs) Yeah, naturally aspirated made 240. Supercharged it made 289. And then apparently somebody uh, could sell you... Uh, aftermarket part 335 they made 335 but yeah it says right there world's fastest production car at the time of its construction it was the world's fastest production car interesting I don't know if that's the 335 horsepower version one I think they're fiberglass if I remember right Studebaker did some crazy stuff they had some cool cars I can't remember parts, parts of this were yeah I can't remember if it was Studebaker or Hudson, but one of them had bolt-on rear quarter panels in, like, the 40s. Huh. And that's kind of brilliant. Yeah. Because now you have to, like, cut, cut them off, them off glue them on back ones. on, yeah. glue them back on, whatever. Yeah, you got, like, a million spot welds or yeah. glue or, yeah, yeah. or both. So, that's pretty cool. So, yeah, if someone hits you on the track in the quarter panel, it's a gigantic pain in the dick. How how would you know, Robin? Ah, I don't know. Just taking a guess? Yeah, I'm just assuming. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I just I, As far as I know, I'm sure there's more out there, but that's the only one I've ever seen that uses a centrifugal supercharger setup. I'm not familiar and with And I can't imagine that, this, that the blow-through carbs – I know blow-through carbs are a thing 
uh, a lot of early turbocharger setups use blow through carbs and stuff like that. Cause what choice did you have at that point? Right. Um, but I know they're a thing. I can't imagine they ever worked all that well. No. So not the most efficient things in the world. I'm sure. No, but they are, it is a neat idea. It's super interesting. I think that was all I had on those Robbie. And now time for the new, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I got like three news things I could talk about. I don't want to talk like, about I them. literally didn't even read the articles. I just saw the the postings and maybe some of the comments. So it'd be just like when we did the news before. That's mostly true, yeah. <laughs> AC's making carbon cobras. I did with see 800 that. horsepower. Oh, good. So we can all die. Yep. Moloch, Apparently well, Shelby's also it. trying to make... Their own cobras. Their own carbon cobras. And they're going to be a lot more expensive than the AC ones. Probably, yeah. Uh, and the manuals on the, on the uptick. News. Bam. That's all we have to say on that. You know what we haven't done in a while? Thank our sponsors. <laughs> sure. Uh, I remind everybody to head over to factorfabrication.com. Get uh, all your fabrication needs. If you need to get uh, caged or railed, hit up Booney at Factor Fabrication. Uh, yeah, basically, if you want custom furniture, custom railings, um, I ate an eatery. Actually, I've eaten eatery twice in the last week. Once Damn, for, once, Robbie! I brought Jess on a date, and then we went there for work because uh, customers in town. Oh, so. <laughs> that's not too far away from where. No, you it's it's not it's not far at all. Right down. But I was, you know, we I mean, where in, I where like, you work, it's not like you're going to take them to a place that's right there. There's a couple of restaurants. You can take them yeah. to Wendy's, Taco John's. No, we'd have to go still a couple, <laughs> at least a few blocks. Away. You know what I mean? Yeah, like the Dairy Queen there. Oh yeah, that is still open. <laughs> I think only in the summer though. I think I think it's already open for the summer though. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, if you need to get any sort of like custom furniture or anything like the custom railings or the like the the type of awesome decor and stuff that's at Eatery A, Booney will hook you up. And then also, uh, did you notice that we have this awesome uh, Apex Pro sitting across from you? I have. I always play with it, Robbie. It's it's my fidget toy. Well, E Man brought it back finally. The worst part was they like didn't even use it. Oh yeah, put it upside down. There, so now, now it's now it's, now like, it's the way E Man used it. Yep. It has to be upside down. I think he's put that in the car upside down three times. Twice in the three fifty Z and once in his truck. Does to be it funny. matter? Yes, it matters. Does it? Yes. Okay. That's because he wasn't getting any data and then he like went the whole weekend. He goes, Yeah, my data's not like working. And I look take one look at it. It's upside down, bro. <laughs> All right, well, make sure you don't mount them upside down then. Yeah, they have to be right. Lesson learned. Yep. They have to be right side up. Like, the the magnetic base needs to be yeah. the base. It's all about the base, Robbie. Yeah, all about that base. No trouble. No. All right, we'll turn that on. Wait, that's the Gen 1. Put the Gen 2 up here. But yeah, if you want a Gen 2, you get the code 1010 at the checkout. You get uh, the Gen 2 and a window mount. Oh, yes, window mount's free if you get the Gen 2 with our there code. There you go, with our code. Otherwise, you can get the app for free, Apex Pro. Boom. The Android app is on its way. That's it's exciting. not out yet? No, nope, it's on its way. Okay. I wasn't sure. I Somebody had asked me about it earlier I, I, this I, week. I don't know. They know they're of the show, Corey. February, they were going to do, like, I think a beta release. I thought so, yeah. So I think that it's it's close if it's yeah. not out yet. And then... Uh, it sounded like when, he, when I was listening to him on Slip Angle yep. that they were going to have a new app come out for the iPhone and the Android at the same time. There was going to be a new app rollout together. 
Yeah, probably right soon. Yeah, you know, yeah, I would say right before racing season really ramps up. Hope so. Would be my guess. Yeah, Apex Pro or ApexTrackCoach.com. And even though E-Man is a... Well, he's E-Man. He's E-Man. <laughs> yeah. We'll still thank Petrobox, mypetrobox.com. John is a great person. John is the nicest. And I'm wearing my nice new Petrobox shirt. I am not this time. And I didn't have to have him send me a second one because I didn't ruin this one. Good, good. So you mean E-Man didn't ruin it for you by putting gum inside Actually, of it. the annoying thing was last week I... Uh, Took it out of the box. Yeah. It came in right right before we were going to record. Uh-huh. And I dropped it on the floor right after I had swept up like a bunch of dog hair. So it fell like in where the dog hair was before I like really. No. So, so like I lifted it up. It's like, well, this goes straight to the laundry. Oh, everything I get goes straight to the laundry anyway. But I but, still have the superstition that I'm not convinced is even real, but we've talked about a million years ago on the show yep. that if you, I have to wash anything I get before I wear it because I'm worried about color ink transfer. But like, it's a dark shirt. Adam. Do you remember the story? What did you, what did you do? So when I was in high school, I got flannel sheets. Okay. Like flannel, uh, the fitted sheet, the, the yeah, other yeah. sheet, the pillowcase, everything, dark blue flannel, sheet set and I didn't run them through the washer I just threw them on the bed and went to sleep and the next morning I woke up like head to toe blue blue <laughs> and it washed off shockingly easy well, that's good. I was able to go to school and not be a smurf thank god because <laughs> it would have ruined my high school career yep pretty sure I was a sophomore at the time Oh yeah, just a delicate age. No coming back. You're not that. a freshman anymore. You're starting to move up in the world, but it's a really slippery slope if you turn it around. It's yeah, it's it's hard to work your way up. It's easy it's to fall. So down. easy to fall down. <laughs> you can be below freshman so fast. Yeah, showing up to school blue, great it's, way to fall to the a, bottom. It's not a good start, man. <laughs> it's not a good start. Yep. Uh, and so now, just as a principle. If it touches my skin, it goes through the wash machine before I use it. Okay. I'll, I do that with blue jeans. Same reason. Uh-huh. And then red shirts. Anything else I'm less worried about. Oh, and sw- uh, like hoodies and sweaters. Those get washed because of how the fuzzies, the fuzzies will Gotta get, get rid of the fuzzies. ruin the shirt I'm wearing below it yeah. because it'll just be yeah, covered. Yeah. But then everything's covered in fucking dog hair. So what, what difference does it make? Cat hair, dog hair. Yep. Kid buggies. Yeah, I don't have that. Dog boogies, I guess. They've been they've they've been pretty good about not like bringing dead rabbits in the house. So that's well, that's appreciated. That, that's been nice. I mean, they they'll come to, they'll come to the uh, the the porch, happy as shit because they're so proud of this dead rabbit they found. Yeah, they oh, found they didn't kill it. I don't think so. There was no. only one time that it was like a fresh kill, and I'm still not convinced that they yeah. had anything to do with it. My dog got a hold of a ground squirrel. Oh. And killed it right in front of Logan. And I don't think he understood the ramifications of it. <laughs> because at first he said it was sleeping. Oh, and shoot. we just left it at that. Yeah, yeah. Don't clarify that one. Nope. Especially if there's not like a like a puddle of It blood. was a few years ago. Yep. But we didn't need him thinking no. that his dog was a vicious killer. Hey, if your dog likes killing ground squirrels, we thought we got one down by the fire pit that's keep burrowing and making... Oh, she would be in hog mm, heaven, dude. Kill that thing. <laughs> I need, I need to find a way to get get rid of that thing. She would be in heaven yeah. for sure. Because clearly the snakes and the foxes are not doing a very good job here. I'll bring her by sometime. Heck yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yep. So yeah, if you want a Petrobox uh, t-shirt, 
or anything really that's current that's in previous boxes hit up the shop use the code ttb15 that where you can shop and get whatever you want it's available right now or if you want to get a gift to yourself or someone else uh use code ttp15 off that first box 15 percent off that first box and then uh yeah get awesome stuff that shows up in your mail once a week oh i have a question i have an answer for the world I know a lot of our listeners are Petrolbox subscribers because they love great things. Uh, I want to know what you guys are doing with your pins. Ooh. Mine's because I have a whole collection of these things, and I want to display them somewhere, but I'm not ready to be floppy sun hat guy. Yep, that's fair. Because okay, mine are just sitting on top of my bookcase. Yeah. yeah. I have them all lined up. Yeah, I want to do something with them. Yep. So post in the group what you do with your pins. Let's see, let's see if someone's got something creative. Yeah. Because yeah, those aren't available in the store. Those only are in the box. No, they are in the store. The pins? All the way at the top. You're right. Look they are. Mystery pin. Oh, yeah. You're going to pick what it is. No, it just shows mystery up. One. Yeah. But uh, I want I want to know what you guys are doing with them. Because I'm curious. I'm, I am too. Because, yeah, I, I don't. I want to do something with them. I put one on my son's book bag and he decided he didn't like it and he took it back off. Oh. The mine are like a collectible. Like they're still in their packages. I'm just like. Displaying yeah. them, yeah, yeah. Because I thought about doing something on the wall. Because I do, I have a bunch of like posters and stuff, but I don't know. Let's see it. Because all the sti- all the stickers are on like my lift. Mine are on my son's uh, dresser. Oh, nice. That's cool. Yeah, most of the stickers end up on it, like because my lift, you know, it's just a beat up old lift, so I just right. cover with stickers, right? Until it rusts its way out, and then I get a new one. Well. New to you. No, I'll probably like, buy an actual new one. Never have to worry about it again. Are you? Yeah. Two posts is life then. I, I can't, I'm, the problem is I want both. I want a four post and a two post, but I don't really have the garage or the shop to really do that. Well, when that one rusts out, that'll be a reason to build a bigger shop, Robbie. I like your heads up. Maybe by then. You probably have some equity in this house. It's time to refinance and, and get rid of it. Not just sell it, yeah. Um, by, the, <laughs> by the time... The city is encroaching here. Will be the perfect time to sell. We don't seem like we're moving south too quickly. That that new high V distribution center that's going up right is now. Is that what that is? This place is gonna explode. Is that what that is? Yep. Hmm. Yep. It's a big building. That's for it's, sure. I figured it's I another it's, Amazon I warehouse. I think it's two big that's buildings. What we do. Yeah. So. But yeah. Petrolbox. Mypetrolbox.com. Tell us what you do with your pins. Please hit hit up that consortium. Yeah. I still have like a bunch of like random stuff that we should give away sometime. So I don't know. God, it sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, you're right. Maybe I'll feel generous with somebody shares what they do with their. When business. we finally start to go to events, maybe we'll bring that with them and just Midwest Festival. A, yeah, we'll start giving things just away, just tossing things at people. Yeah, we'll have we'll have swag stuff for yeah Midwest Festival. That's what we'll say. Well, assuming I get to drive, right? We'll see if you win the lottery, Robbie. Yep, they were supposed to announce that like a week or two ago. It wouldn't be grid life if they did things on time. Damn it. You mean like change, letting you pick your numbers the day before an event? It's fine, Robbie. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it, it worked out because I got to keep my number, but that would have been really annoying if I had had I been going to Coda and then yeah. had to change my number. Yeah, yeah. Which I know is probably the case on a couple people. Uh, So we're recording this on a Thursday. Yep. This comes out on a Sunday afternoon. What's your, who wins this weekend at Coda? I don't know, man, because like, there's at a pretty... GLTC. 
the rule shakeup could could change a lot because it looked like Andy and Tama were co-driving a yeah, car. It looks know. like I don't know how that works. I I don't know them well enough to. Yeah, ask. <laughs> Andy. Uh, from what I what I gathered when he was on the track walking podcast, another of the uh, track tuned family yep. of podcasts. Yep. Because apparently we are that. We are a TrackTune family. TrackTune.com. He seemed to, it sounded like he was maybe going to step out of the driver's seat a little more this year. Yep. Because uh, I think it was just causing him more stress. Yeah, I think he's going to do more. Yeah, I think he's going to do more support for GLTC, you know, do a race. For drivers in general. Yeah. And then I think he, I think he was going to try dipping his toe into like pro-am drifting stuff. Oh, I'm sure that's exactly where he's going. I I, I mean, that's what it sounded like. Uh, but yeah, I guess they're double driving that, that car this weekend. Yep. Um, so they'll, they'll no doubt be a force to be reckoned with always, uh, no matter the rule changes, but yeah, I'd uh, say, I'd say I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of your typical top six, seven people that are really, normally up there. I really don't think that at the level that GLTC is that it's realistic for anybody to come in fresh and be a shining star. Yeah. The cars that are in there are too developed that, like, even if you built a car from the ground, like, you're going to need a season of testing to get there. I just, yeah. I don't think that you can come out of left field and dominate. No, like, I mean, Swenson it will be up there. Houghton will be up there. Um, yeah. I think Hurdle could be up there quite a ways. Yeah, yeah he's usually a, a top he, he was one of the few people that came in. And did very well. Yeah, but that was a few years ago. Correct. At a not well, not not taking anything away from Austin, but that was a few years ago at a not well attended event. Though he did his first weekend. Correct. And but he's 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 always he's still he's always he's always a a top ten contender, which is a feat in of itself for sure, no doubt. Yep. Uh, So I'm excited to see his car. Oh, you haven't seen it yet. (sighs) Fuck you, Robbie. It it gets it's. Oh, I guess it, it, it's not publicly released. It's in the GLTC chat. It looks obnoxious. It looks awesome. It's it's real good. It's, yeah. I'll 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 let you see. It. I won't obviously post it publicly. Right, but I'll, right. I'll show you right now. There's a lot of chrome on that car. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Well, was it color chrome or? It's a color chrome. <laughs> yes, I can tell you it's a color chrome. But you can tell that's a very chromatic. It's a bright color. Ripe. Yeah. Yeah. A, a wrap. Yeah. It's yep. it's gonna be a deal. Yep. Yeah, like he, sure. he does some cool uh, custom stuff, like or like his own design type stuff. Cool. Yep. So, yeah, I I don't know. It's it's hard. Be, to... It'll be interesting to see if someone's real, like with the rule shakeup has allowed some cars that have been like top ten to fifteen capable, but the rules kind of kept them there, and the driving could have put them higher up. It'd yeah. be interesting to see if the shakeup this year with the rules brings some of those cars that the driver could put to a top five position. Um, like I just know my the 350Z for example the 3.5 liter I was able to pull out quite a bit of weight I'm going to be able to add 10 horsepower and do more tire more tire no no, no not more tire I was able to get splitter and wing oh so I, I, I actually went I think it was, what was that last year plus 6% 5% now I'm only 4 oh damn so I mean it, like a, like a, a 3.5 liter or less was able to pull quite a bit of weight out or add more power, or in my case, both, and add a splitter. So, I mean, like, a 350Z could be, I will not say a dark horse or anything, but, like, I think it would be more competitive than it was a year ago. 
Yeah. It's still, <clears throat> with the exception of you and Austin, there's not any regular, well-developed... Well, his is, his is in a 3.5. I know, but even Z's. He's just Z. Uh, like Michael Stilos. I know I that there's some guys that show up to like one or two events a year, but I don't think they go to a ton of... I suppose you only go to one or two events a year, realistically, most of the time, too. Not but. anymore. Um, hey <laughs> We'll talk about that later. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I'll, I'll be at... This year I'll be at three or four, it looks like. Four, it looks like. Yeah. Um, mostly just because of... Not just because of travel. I mean... Ugh, by, by me started being, early. you know... I'm not, I, I don't think it's feasible for me to go to New York. Or, uh, yeah, New York. I don't... You know, Connecticut, South Carolina. It's just... Or even Texas. Um, it's just wasn't... It's not really in the cards. So yeah. maybe next year I can plan a little bit further ahead. Because, yeah, we had some shake-up stuff that uh, changed my plans quite a bit. So, uh-huh. yeah, being able to go to Road America was, is great. Um, oh, I'm so excited for that weekend. Festival, it's going to be so festival much fun. Week, festival weekend will be fun, like always. Um, anticipating to drive there. Um, Are you planning on doing Supergrid at Topeka? I am now, yes. Are you going to do a full yes. Supergrid? Yes. That'll be cool. I Yes, I'm, I'm planning on doing that. That'll uh, be cool. So, uh, I looked into it. Uh look closer at the rules because I kind of had like a list of like a wish list, you know, just going through like, okay, if I do endurance with this car, what I would want just to at least start dipping my toe into it. Right. And knowing what I've learned from WRL and, and with, with factor fab, it's like, well, you know, y'all need the radios. I'll need this, 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 you know, I got a list of things I'll need. I was like, well then from a safety standpoint, I was like, if we're going to do it like WRL, I need a dry brake. And I spec'd it all out. I knew exactly what I wanted. I was like, well, it's going to cost you $2,000. It's going to cost me a fortune. And, <laughs> yeah. and then I'm like reading through the and rule then book. And like, nah, bro. I'm not even going to make them legal. Read, reading through the rule book and it's just one like. One inch tube, regular gas cans. VP gas can with the, with the little one inch tube is required. Yep. I'm like, fuck yes. That a boy love to it. Fucking love it. And then you can't do driver changes while fueling without having a second fire bottle person. So right. I mean, it's just, I, I dig it. I'm into it. I like it. Keeping um, things cheap. Er. Definitely not cheap. Er. <laughs> but yeah, um, so I, my, my plan is to do festival. Uh-huh. Actually, my, my current plan with the 350Z is I'm going to do Topeka for mid of TT. That'll be my real proper shakedown weekend okay. with all the new changes. Uh-huh. Um, Midwest Festival. Trying to think what the order of operations here is. Brainerd, mid of TT. Mid of TT. Road America for the Xfinity race. <sighs> Isn't that fucking amazing? It's so crazy, dude. It's going to be the best. And, and, then, and then this this is where it gets really f- crazy because I'll go that next weekend is mid Ohio. <sighs> It is, isn't it? I'm going to end up missing Mid-Ohio this so, year. Again, yep. it makes me really sad. So I, I would like to make that. I might have to pull an Austin Hurdle and buy it at the gate. Or buy it the week of. You know what I mean? Because I don't... I don't know. There's always tickets available week of. Yep. Which is probably the reason I'd be scared to buy them now. Worried about what would happen the weekend before. Because I hate right. doing back-to-backs. Because if something goes wrong, there's not enough time to fix it. And then drive to Ohio. It just right. never is. Yeah. And then Topeka. I suppose Road America, we don't need a ton of time off, do we? No, because because that's an no, easy. You do though, because it it's a th- it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday event. Ah, fuck. Yep. So we're gonna have to drive down there Wednesday night. Yep. Probably take off at noon to get there at a decent time on Wednesday. Yeah, obviously we don't know what the schedule is, but yeah. Damn it. Okay. 
So that's that's my 350Z plans for the year. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> I'm I'm so I'm dude, I'm so excited to drive that car. Good. So excited. Good. And if I could ever get my vinyl printed, I'd be so excited to show you. <laughs> I called him today and he's like, You're gonna want to talk. Oh yeah, what's his name? I I, can't, I don't want to say his name, but he's like, You're gonna want to talk call him tomorrow, you wanna talk to him. I'm like, why does that sound so bad? Like, yeah. why, like why does it sound like a bad thing? I just yeah. need, I just need vinyl printed. <laughs> that does sound like a bad thing. <laughs> That's what I thought. And I was like, you know what? I'll I'll call tomorrow, I guess. Because yeah, it was supposed to be printed like yesterday. So But I've said that like for three weeks. So. Right. But the GLTC vinyl is final. My number is locked. I can get my stuff done. <laughs> All right. About damn time, Ravi. And on that note, we'll catch everybody next week.